clap your hands. Everybody, God's good, amen. You can be seated. I want to welcome all those who have joined us at one of our locations and also those watching online. Maybe you're watching on demand. I know I did that this week, watching so many of the messages that have been given the last several weeks, incredible communicators. And so we're grateful that you're part of the LifePoint family. Come on, church. Let's clap our hands for all those who are with us. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of my favorite churches. I love being here. Uh, I, I, I just, I feel like family. I feel like I'm, I'm one of the family here. Uh, I, we had a, we, this is serve day weekend. So, uh, and, and so we've, there's serve days going on, uh, of, about a, I think I heard this morning, 1200 churches did a serve day expression this weekend and we did one at Highlands. Um, it's a big weekend for us. I, I don't think I've ever been gone on a surf day weekend. This is my first time ever. But when Daniel Floyd calls you, you work situations out because you got to love Pastor Daniel Floyd. And he's one of my dearest friends. And probably he and Tammy are the only people I'd leave Birmingham for on this weekend. Uh, and it is an honor for me to be an overseer here at this church, which I carry that as a heavy responsibility. Is something that I pray about. Is something that I really sought the Lord to be a part of. Because I want to provide good covering for you as a church. I want to provide good covering for your pastor and do everything I can to see that he and Tammy and his family are healthy and are living that life that God intended for them to live. And so I'm grateful that they're taking some time away. We suggest that as overseers. It's a lot done by our prompting of being, hey, take time, get healthy, get healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy, be healthy, be healthy, like all of us need to be in each of our lives. And so don't you love your pastors? Can you clap your hands for your pastors? They are, they are a gift from God. I, when I prayed for them this morning, I thought about what a gift they are. I know you've all the communicators have talked about that. It's not something we're asked to do, it's something that we want to do, because they are a gift of wisdom, a gift of integrity, uh, a gift of love, a blessing. I know they help us lead ARC, which is a movement where we plant churches. You're a part of that. Every time you give a portion, that goes to launch other new churches. And so we planted a 961 churches, going to hopefully plant 42 this fall, which will put us over 1,000 churches that we've been able to plant. Again, that's a lot due to your leadership. So great things are happening. It's a great church. I, I love a church that helps you a little bit, kind of helps you understand. It's not a maze. So you kind of know we talk a lot about next steps. We're going to help you get connected, which is super important. Uh, and, and a lot of the ways we do that is through those next steps. So in a few moments when we're done, they're going to help you get on that pathway as well as know about small groups, which I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for a small group that took me in when I came to Christ at 18 years old, I was raised in a little community called Murby, South Carolina. And man, I was not a Christian. I was a part of the heathen small group. I don't know if you've ever heard of this small group. I was a heathen. And so I uh, enjoyed being a heathen, actually. I actually was good at it. And um, and, then, so, and then the other thing I think is so amazing about LifePoint is you want to get on a team. You just want to get on a team. And uh, it, I mean, it, it's, the serve weekend did not happen without teams and small groups and you that are generous. The reason why you heard so many amazing things, packing hygiene packs and my goodness, being out in the community, it, it, it extends today, which is super important as you go and collect, you know, go get some pasta and go get some salsa and get all that stuff. Y'all got a good grocery list. I looked at it, made me hungry. I'm about to come by today, get me a food pack, about to get blessed by some groceries. And so you want to be a part of that and because it's just the hands and feet of Jesus. We live in a world today that all needs the love of God. And, and a lot of times uh, we, we, need to, 
We need, we need to do that before they can hear it. And I think that's what a serve weekend is about. That's what your pastors are all about. So thanks a lot for being a part of that. These are good days, reaching people, making a difference. And that's who you are uh, as a church. Our family loves this family. I got to visit with, with a lot of the staff. You got a great team here. My good, that worship, my Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Oh, mm-hmm. About to just stay right up in it and uh, tell them, come on back out here. And so, uh, fabulous. A lot of the staff here are dear friends. So you're in a good, safe harbor, house of integrity. And uh, again, our family's doing well. Uh, Delinda and I, we planted a church back in Louisiana. So she's a Cajun girl. I married a Cajun girl. Ooh, girl can cook and she can fight. I tell you those two things. She'll fight you and she can cook. Show a picture of our family. It's my little Cajun Italian family right there. So that's our baby beside me. That's Isabella. She's a soft. We're getting ready to be a junior at Alabama. That's my son Dylan. He he's working there at the church, uh, leading college ministry. That's our our oldest, McCall. She's married to a young man. He's a, he graduated from Alabama. Every day's roll tide, roll tide. She graduated from LSU. They do a marriage counseling all the time over football. It's tough. And then that's my amazing wife. We've been married somewhere between 32 and 34 years as we're arguing over how long we've been married. And so her and I can never make a decision on that. But it's, she is the best thing. And uh, God gave me a gift of a wife. I'll tell you, she's just an amazing woman and loves me and loves people. And I was out yesterday in serve day. She loving on people, just getting down there with people where they at in their life. And so I'm very blessed. And so I want to talk for a few minutes. Um, I've been in, I just turned 57 years old. I had a birthday this week. And so again, old man, I am a grown man. I'm old as dirt. I am old, 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 old. And then uh, I've been in ministry now for 34 years, been able to serve the Lord for 34 years in pastoral ministry and some of the things we get to do through leadership. And um, two things that I have, I really want to continue to, you know, when you get older, you're, you're just trying to get better focus and what I want to give my life to, can't do all that, I, you know, so many things. And it, it, first priority is always the Great Commission. I want to keep giving my life to furthering the gospel. Uh, that's for the people right in front of me, but I want to see that around the world. And then the other thing that I've realized is I can't be about the Great Commission unless it's empowered by generosity. Generosity turns the wheels of the gospel. People, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so I want to talk for a few minutes on the idea of over and above, over and above. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this church and Lord, I thank you for the integrity of this church and the stewardship of this house. And we thank you for our incredible pastors who are a gift uh, to each of us. Bless them, strengthen them. Thank you for this incredible team, amazing staff, workers, servers. So Lord, speak to us today. Let us all remember that we're not alone. You see everything happening in our life. Nothing goes unnoticed. Help us to live an over and above life. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use some church, my friend. So I pastored in Louisiana. My wife and I launched a church uh, back in 1993. We were babies. Uh, I was 27 years old. My wife was uh, 23 years old, barely 23 years old. 
So we launched that church down uh, over by Bayou Man Shack, right by Husha Two Road, Cajun boy, we Cajun man. We down to Bayou, down to Bayou Man Shack over there by Husha Two Road, and so that's where we were. We pastored that church, a little tiny church, and I was so blessed because I got to live in the amazing, terrible thing called a parsonage. It was incredible. That was where they, they would build a church and they built a house right beside it because then you could be there twenty four hours a day. It's the most incredible, horrible, painful supernatural thing ever is to be able to live in a parsonage. And so, and the coolest thing that they did, this was incredible and, and agony. Uh, and they, they, the phone would ring uh, at the church, but then when the church would close, the church phone would ring at your house and, oh, thank you, Jesus, that's the devil. And so anyway, so that's where I, we did that. We lived in the parsonage. So uh, I'd been there about nine months trying to pastor this little church. Um, and and Miss Onita called me. Sister Onita calls us. Sister Onita. Sister Onita lived down on Husha too, right there by Mayshak. And so, uh, and so she called me. She said, "Hey, buy you Mayshak flood." And went on by Husha too road. Gonna come up the street. My mom was upstairs, and you gotta come down get a truck. Boom, man. That's how Cajun's talk. Y'all know how Cajun's talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, they didn't teach me any, any of that in seminary. I didn't know nothing about Bayou Manchak. I didn't know who she was in the Bible. And so I, she says, get the truck down here. I guess, and so I called one guy I know in the truck. We small church. And he gets a truck. I, did, I knew one teenager that served. And so he was strong and muscle. So, and I was going to be the chaplain of the move. I was going to be pastoral care. And so we jump into the car. We go down there. We start moving. Miss Onita, Sister Onita, and, and Mama's upstairs. We get Mama downstairs. and We got to get her cats. And we, we got to, we, we'd get all the luggage out of there, all, all the furniture, everything out of there, stuff everywhere. And here's what I remember. I remember having all of our stuff. And, and we decided to get us, we didn't know where to take it. So we, we looked into church treasure at about $300. And so we went all out and spent $100 and got a warehouse and a little mini warehouse, put it in there for a month. And we moved Sister Anita somewhere and flood water came up, flooded our house. And it was over. We wondered then what should we do? And I remember sitting thinking we should do more. We, let's go over there and help her. Let's take out that car. If your house is ever flooded, you understand about taking out that carpet, getting out that pad, ripping out that sheetrock, dealing with that baseboard and all those kind of things. We did all that and then we moved her back in, kept her furniture there for another $100 for then I'm living on air. Come on, anybody, anybody ever had air in their checkbook? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, y'all know what it's like to look in there and have a dollar eighty and feel like, well, Lord Jesus, I can live another day. I got a dollar eighty in my account. And so that's kind of where we were. And, and we, 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 we moved everything out of there and, and we decided to help uh, restore her house. And we, we painted and we got men over there. And we, we put a flooring back in there, moved a fur, got Momo back settled, all those kind of things. Incredible, incredible. It was over after two months. Here's what I was glad we did. I I was glad that we went all in. I was glad we went the second mile. I was glad afterwards that, that we went over and above. I'm glad that we didn't go halfway. I'm glad that we didn't pass it off to somebody else. I'm glad that we didn't let somebody else deal with it. I look back on it and as much sweat and as much effort and as much time that it took, I'm thankful that we did that for the cause of Christ. I have no regrets for helping Sister Onita. I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves, are we living a over and above life? It's what Paul tells the Corinthian church. They were a smart people. They were an advanced people. They were a innovative people. But he says to them, there's some things you need to remember in all of your advancement and all of your innovation. And that is the power of living an over and above life with generosity. And he says this to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. 
Whoever sows or gives generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give. It says all of us should give. Each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or compulsively, for God loves a cheerful giver. I have read that so many times. I think that's incredible that in the middle of this teaching, it just pauses and Paul says, hey, don't forget, I want to tell you something God loves. God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful is the Greek word hilaris, where we get the word hilarious. Okay, if you, if you go to the dictionary and, and you click on the little audio sound button to hear the word hilarious pronounced, when you click it, it says this. <laughs> hilarious actually means <laughs> God loves a <laughs> giver. That's what God loves. If you ever wonder, what does God love? God loves people. God loves humanity. God loves his son. God loves you. And guess what? God loves a cheerful giver. Think about that. That's what God loves. So, I mean, I, when I fell, in, I, I fell in love with my wife when she was in like with me. That's a different situation. When you go and tell that girl, hey, girl, girl, I love you. She says, thank you. We going to Arby's or Burger King? My wife literally said that to me. Thank you. That's awesome. Let's go into Arby's down and get a medium roast beef. So eventually she said, I said to the girl, girl, look, look at me. I'm right here. I love you. I like you too. How many is that? That's not what you're looking for. Don't go buy that ring, my brother. Don't go get that ring. But eventually six months later, she got a glimpse of the total package. Ric Flair, baby. Ooh. I love you, girl. I love you, too. That's what I'm talking about. I'm about ready to say yes to the dress. Guess what? In that journey, I discovered what she loved. Because there were some other guys hollering. Uh-huh. But they weren't trying to find out what she loved. So I found out what she loved... And when I began to love what she loved, she began to love me. I was buying her that, that, little, that little, uh, little Hershey Hershey bar, milk chocolate, not dark chocolate, because that's what she loved. I went to Hallmark, bought those little Precious Moment statues with them big heads flying kites. I went. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like Precious Moment statues. She liked Precious sta Moment statues. I found that she loved going to craft shows. When she told me, I, I love. I love them too. It's my favorite thing ever. And guess what? As I began to love what she loved, our love grew. Let me tell you something, church. The Bible tells us plainly what God loves. God loves a cheerful giver. Therefore, I want to be a cheerful giver because he has loved me so much. I want to love him. I want to return the love in living a life of being a cheerful giver. I'll finish the scripture. It says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. It's what you did in Serve Weekend. You scattered your resources to the poor. Verse 19, uh, verse, yeah, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply, I love this, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This is a very important verse. 
you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Watch this. And through us, your generosity will have a result. The result of your serve weekend, the result of your giving online, the result of you helping your neighbor, the result of you giving somebody a ride, the result of paying for someone's gas that's in a situation, the result of that will be, look, thanksgiving to God. You mean to tell me I can live my life in a way, all my failures, all my problems, all the things that I have done wrong and all of my challenges, you mean to tell me that when I come to Jesus, I can live my life in a way, even though I've not lived a perfect life, even though I've walked through the storms and I've had my pain and I've had my situations, I can in turn live a life of generosity and it turn into thanksgiving that other people will give to God. Sign me up for some of that. Oh, come on, Life Point. I said, sign me up for some of that. That's what I want to do with my life because he has so loved me. So I want to live a life of over and above. I love how the Bible and teaching that Paul gives to the Corinthians, he's teaching in farming terms. He's using seed and spreading and harvest and, and these ideas of sowing and, and reaping. And, and, and I've not done a lot of farming, but I've been around it some. I've been around some agriculture. been around some, some men and women and families who, who've given their life to that. And I started thinking, could you imagine a farmer who has all this land and all this potential and all these acres and all this seed and all this ability to have carrots and cabbage and, and turnip greens and all this opportunity and to look at his seed and look at his land and then all of a sudden say, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to it. Because if I let go of it, I can't control it. Why would I put it in the Why would I bury it where I can't see it, I can't rule it, and I can't control it? My fear and my lack and my limitation is going, it's going to cause me to hold on to my seed and hoard my seed. Guess what? What he would not know. How foolish would that farmer be? Because what he would not realize that the more that he would hoard the seed, the more that he would hold the seed, the less harvest he would have. You can't have a harvest tomorrow if you don't plant it today. We got to make good decisions today that affect our tomorrow. And what would we say? We would say, no, 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 don't do that. Go ahead and trust that seed. Because if you'll plant it, you'll have a harvest and then somebody can be helped. But no one will be helped if you hold on to it. So when I was uh, 19 years old, I came to Christ, and um, I was not raised in church, so I didn't go to church. We, didn't, we weren't church-going people. It's all because we were whip, wicked or doing seances or stuff like that or you know, you know, none of that. We just, we just worked the weekends. My father was a, uh, had beach tourism places in Myrtle Beach, and so we worked the weekends. I came to Christ. I got saved, and I got involved with church, and I look back on my life, and early in, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for, for what God's done. I, I thought about that as I turned 57 and, you know, 34 years of ministry. And, you know, I think I made three good decisions. I think the first one was giving my life to Jesus Christ. It, it, touch, it touches everything. I mean, it changes the trajectory of now and tomorrow. 
And then uh, who you marry is super important. Uh, th- that affects your now and your tomorrow. Who you remarry if you're single, single again. Whatever your dynamic is. All, who you choose to do life with in, in covenant relationship is super important. Uh, the third best decision that I ever made was at 19 years old. I made a decision at 19 years old that is still speaking into my now, still speaking in my today, but also st- speaking in my t- to my tomorrows and even speaking in the generations that are in my life. And that is I made a decision at 19 years old because of a good pastor and being in a good church that I was going to be a giver. And I was going to not just be a giver. I was going to live over and above. I was going to be faithful in my tithe. I learned the principle of the tithe at 19 years old. And I learned the principle of listening to the Holy Spirit to live over and above. When the Holy Spirit would nudge me that I would be a blessing to other people over and above my tithe. I made that decision at 19 years old. Can I tell you something? I do not regret it one day. And I think there's a difference. I want to teach for a minute. I love preaching, but I want to teach for a minute because I think there's some details here that will impact our eternities and especially others. I decided that I was going to give the tithe. There's a difference to me in living faithful in the tithe and then in addition, living faithful in being over and above givers when the Holy Spirit prompts you. The tithe is, means the tenth. We give our tithe first to God. That's saying to God, you're my source. You've supplied my job. You, you've been there for me. I'm thankful. You, you, you helped me have this landscape company. You helped me babysit. You helped me be a teacher. You've helped me be able to drive a truck. And I got paid this week. got paid this month. And I'm tithing. I'm returning 10%. You, get, you could have it all because I believe 100% of my income came from you. But my, my boss is not my source. My, my company's not my source. God God, you're my source, and you've asked for me to give a tenth, a tithe to the local church. So I made a decision in 19 that I would, that when I got paid afterward, first thing I would do afterwards is I would return. It would be thankful. I see this worship and love to God, just so grateful. I made that decision then, and, and every job I've ever had, I've been a tither. When I, when I was running the shark's tooth hut in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I was tithing. When I was laying carpet, I was tithing. When I was digging foundations, I was tithing. When I was laying sod, I was tithing. When I ran a health club, I was tithing. And I never regret in 37 years of being a tither. That every time God blesses me, I return it to a tithe. That's afterwards. But then there's over and above giving. See, that's different. That's an offering. To me, that speaks into the future. That's beforehand. That's, that's where I forgive someone before they ask me. They've not, they don't even deserve to be forgiven, but I'm going to forgive them. It's where I give something time and, and, and I'm investing in something. I'm helping a neighbor. I'm being there for a friend. And, 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 and they've not even asked for me to do it. It's when I'm showing care to someone that does not deserve care. It's when you give over and above to plant a campus that's not even started yet. It's when you give to somebody who can go on a missions trip and the missions trip hasn't even happened yet. We're we're buying groceries for people we've not met yet. We're packing hygiene packs for people that that we don't even know yet. We're helping the homeless before they even come to church. We're loving. Hey, I'm going to the store. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm buying two sausage biscuits because the Holy Ghost may speak to me during the day and I may share one with someone. If I don't happen to run into them, glory to God. I got two. Come on, somebody. 
but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to go ahead and be ready just in ca- beforehand. That's the offering. That's over and above living. I made a decision. I'm praying that each one of us will make a decision. I'll be faithful in the tithe, and I'm going to live an over and above life. When the Holy Spirit prompts me, I'm going to, I'm going to do something beforehand. The day I went to a church in Dallas, and I get there early in the morning. We're prepping for the service. Got like five services. And I'm early. I'm, I'm, I'm early. And the pastor meets me. He says, come on, I got to show you something. Come here. Where are we going? Come here. We go outside. Look at that. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm like, oh God. What are we looking at? I don't know what I'm looking at. So look at that. It's 800 parking places. We just poured them. He said the church gave 1.2 million in an offering. Everybody came together, running out of parking. We got people visiting us, families from the community coming in. There's all these people that are not yet here, but we made space for them before. Oh, come on, somebody. I said we made space for them before they get here, before they check in their kids, before they hear worship, before they give their life to Christ. I called it and I thought, wow, that's an offering. Somebody gave over and above to pour concrete. Then all of a sudden, a family's going to pull in. They're going to check their kids in. They're going to sit in these seats. And somebody's going to pray a prayer to receive Christ because they parked on concrete that was paid for before the harvest. It's over and above. Now, I, I, brought, I, want, I want to help you. I really want to teach this. I, I want to give you two steps, two values. To live this life. How do I do this? How do I live this? And I'm going to say it in slow motion. Here's the first one. To start. Go ahead and buy the extra honey bun. On Tuesday, when you, when you end up getting you the honey bun, and you feel like the Holy Spirit says, get you a second bunny, hun. You saw I flipped it on you right there. By two. Because you may run into somebody. You may walk out to your car and see a homeless person. Hey, man, I'm going to hook you up with that bunny, huh? God loves you, man. You ain't out here by yourself. Holy Ghost, love, Holy Ghost was thinking about you. I'm in there trying to get my own coffee. I'm in there trying to get my own honey bun. And the Lord told me to give you one. Because he knows you sitting out here on this curve. Love you, man. Praying for you. What is that? Just start. What's the, what's the best, what's the most important step of any journey? Your first one. So go ahead and start tithing. Go online. Start, start right now. And don't be that person who's about to bless somebody. You ever run that person who they talk about it all, about to bless somebody, about to change my community, about to help this school, about to help those widows, or oh, I'm about to change some single mom's lives, I'm about to be there for people, I'm a, and you don't do it. Guess let me tell you something. If you don't buy the Fruit Loops, ain't nobody getting blessed by the Fruit Loops. They ain't getting blessed by Fruit Loops at the store. Okay, I got to go get those Fruit Loops, and I got to bring them back over here this afternoon. So, hey, hey, if you've never bought groceries for anyone, <laughs> 
and you've never done a food pantry, go today. And just go into the store. Sometimes then I, I'm in a hurry. I go grocery shopping at Seba Lab. But come on, somebody. I, I go get me some chili and some cornflakes and some Twinkies and some Red Hots and some Swedish fish. I'm going to do the dessert part of the food pantry. I'm going to bless it. Go today. Go today. Start today. Just start. Just start doing something. Here's the second thing. Join a team. This is a church that has a team, have teams everywhere that live over and above. Through constant outreach, through being a church on mission, all these, just join us. Go ahead and lead a small group. Just go ahead and give of yourself. Just lead a small group. Be a part of serving. You just, you join a team. Because why? Together we can do more. I can't pour 800 parking places by myself, but we can. I can't, I can't dig a well in West Africa by myself, but we can. We can do this together. Okay, so that's the two steps. Just start. Join a team. Just start tithing. Start today. Start right now. Hey, it's two values, and these are real quick and simple. Let's start spilling the love of God all over the place. Oh, it's so needed right now. So much hate. People throwing so much shade. Everybody you bump into is critical. I bump up on people. They spill hate on me. They spill judgment on me. They spill, they're throwing shade at everybody. When somebody bumps up in uh, you and I, let's just, oh, I didn't mean I just spilt the love of God all over you. Let's everywhere we go, stain the carpets and the floor with the love of God. Not racism and hate and judgmental, mean, not like, no, 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 no. I'm about to spill big helpings of the love of God all over my workplace and all over my neighborhood. I'm going to spill the love of God. When you bump into me, I'm about to stain you with some love of God. And we do that because what? We're living over and above. The cup is full and it's spilling out over and over again. And then the last thing, and this is a promise from God. You see it all over this Bible. You watch Jesus move with your more. You know what he does? He makes it more. You just watch him. My little old life making a big difference. My little gift of my tithe of $75 this month making a difference. It makes a difference. You don't know my journey. I fought addiction. I fought mental health. I've been through, what, what is it? I've been through divorce. I lost a lot. What is I don't know what you're, I don't know. All our journeys, all our, all our stuff, all our pain, all our struggle, all of our, 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 our suffering. All of our storms, we give it to God. Uses your story, uses your pain, uses your hurt. Little old lives that are offered up to God. He does more than you could ever imagine. Can I have a good amen? You know, we passed our church down in Louisiana and we went through Katrina. Goodness, a lot of suffering, man. 1,100 people died in Katrina. 1,100 people lost their life. It's horrible what happened in New Orleans. I was there. Pastor that church, trying to love on people. We opened up our campus just like you would do. Serve, we, every day was served day during Katrina. 
Man, loving on people, people coming and getting medical help, trying to find their license, trying to find loved ones. Got on a plane, don't even know where they're at. It was terrible. And we opened up our whole feeding people, groceries, clothes. And i never forget one day I came out, fed 7,000 people on our church property that day. I don't know how we did it, but I'm glad we did it. You know, all these kind of things. I remember one night I walked out about 1 a.m. in the morning and man, I was tired, exhausted, everybody working hard, family gone to Mississippi. Things were crazy at Baton Rouge. We were one of the first stops at New Orleans. And as we, as, as we were, sir, I got out there that morning, I was exhausted. I went over there to where our mall was, our whole parking lot, even bigger than this location. It's huge, acres of, of, of resources. And, and, and I, I, there's three people out there cleaning at 1 a.m. Single mom, an engineer, and a shift worker. I went over and said, hey, man, thank y'all so much for serving. And y'all give us so much. They're all, thank you, Pastor, for letting us serve. Single mom, the baby over there laying on a little carpet, a little piece of blanket. She said, we just been here all day. She said, I'll be back tomorrow. Engineer said, Pastor, I've got to go to work tomorrow. I've got to fly on a business trip, but I'll be right back. Shift worker looked at me and said, do you mind if I sleep in my car? I've got to be at work at 5 a.m. But my shift's over at 5 p.m. I'll be back here. And I, I got my car to leave and... And, and, and I, as I was leaving our property, there was a car driving around our, our property, just one car. And I thought, man, another family needs more help. I got to go home. I got to go take a nap. You ever live that life where you just take a nap? You just go to bed at 1 o'clock, get up at 4.30. And, and, and I, I pull out on the road, go to my house, and the Holy Spirit started messing with me. How many knows the Lord will remember all the prayers we prayed? He says, you going to turn them away? Okay. Okay. Man, I turned back around. I was mad. You ever obey God mad? You just mad at the Lord? Fine. Fine, I'll help somebody. I waved them down. Come on in here in the church. I can't open up the back. They've cleaned up. I'll let you get some water and use the restroom. Seven people got out of this Honda Accord. The last one out was a little two-year-old toddler. Had nothing on but a full diaper. Mess all over the child. One of the dirtiest children I've ever seen in my life. Been to North Africa. Been to Cambodia. Been to the AIDS camps in Mozambique. Broken child. He looked at me and said, we've been in the water 11 days. We just walked out, found his car. We heard, he said, we stopped here because we heard you help people. I'm just so convicted. I, I said, come on back here to the back. Let me see if we can reopen our trailers. And these poor people been here all day. Here's what happened. I said, I went back there. And this poor, I said, y'all, I'm so sorry, but we've got one more family. I know y'all need to go. We got one more family. Here's what that team said. Here's what those, they said, oh, we were praying for one more family. <laughs> Hilarious, cheerful. I was like, Lord, y'all need to run to church because I'm going to hell. I'm leaving. I don't need to be here. We loved on that family. We gave them a cooler with ice. We gave them gas, car, filled their car up with gas and gave them clothes and got them in that car. I'll never forget the last one in was that little toddler. Man, we had cleaned that child up, had a fresh diaper on a onesie. Just... How many knows a fresh diaper will change your life? I sat down that parking lot at 3.15 in the morning. I told the Lord, I said, I don't know if we've ever been a good church. But we were a good church tonight. Because we went over and above. And I don't regret it one moment. I'm glad we gave our all. I'm glad we did everything we could for the cause of Jesus Christ. That's this church. Guess what? You're those people. Amen.
Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, I pray you touch every heart today, every life. Maybe you're here today in just one moment. I'm not going to take but a second. One of our team is going to come and give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Dino, I just, I just need the Lord in my life. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. I fully surrendered. All over this room, I'm not going to embarrass you. Have you come forward or stand? I do want to pray with you. If you're here today and you said, you know, I need a new beginning in my life, would you just lift up your hand? Then I see hands going up all over. Can we all pray this prayer together out loud? Just pray it out loud. Then our team's going to help you take that next step. Just say this, dear Jesus, I give my life to you. Let's everybody say this. I surrender all. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my everything. I believe that you died and you rose again. So today I confess you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.